You're listening to Healing Voices Project, where we share stories and the latest information from people who fight addiction every day. I'm Mike Torville, your host and author of Voices from the Fallen. Thank you for listening, for following, and most of all, for sharing with people you care about. Make your voice count too. everybody again thanks for joining us at healing voices project we're glad to have you back and today as usual we have two guests uh, from north star recovery kayla and haley both of you thanks for coming thanks for having us sure um now kayla regali is the community outreach manager at north star recovery which has two locations one in southboro and one in west springfield and and Kayla has lots of experience in collaborating with community partners to help find resources for individuals and families struggling with substance abuse uh, disorder, substance use disorder. Yeah. And um, But you've helped many people free themselves from addiction over the years. How long have you been in the business now, Kayla? Um, so I'm going on uh, almost five years. Five years. Yep. Okay. Wow. Yep. And also we have Haley Pepin, who is a licensed independent clinical social worker who works at North Star Recovery also, of course. And, um, and you're the uh, clinical director, and also you oversee the new West Springfield location, correct? Correct. Yep. In addition to your master's degree in social work, um, you are EMDR certified, and you have extensive experience treating those with substance use and mental health issues. And if people don't know what EMDR is, please stay with us because I think you're going to find this a very interesting discussion about EMDR which is eye movement desensitization, desensitization and reprocessing therapy. Uh, well, just saying that out loud is a little mouthful, it's but mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stick with EMDR. Um, so Kayla and Haley, uh, thanks for both joining us. You guys got some great experience and great things to talk about today. So let's, let's talk about North Star and what you guys are doing at North Star. Um, your roles and, and how, how things are going and, and what you're doing on kind of on an everyday basis. And then we'll dive into the EMDR, okay? So um, I guess we can start with you, Kayla. Yeah, yeah so, um, so at North Star, we provide outpatient support. Um, it's kind of a part of the, you know, people will come in and just do outpatient, but really when you look at substance use disorder as a whole, um, what makes people most successful in their recovery is really going through like a full continuum of care of treatment. You know, um, just kind of as we're in this time where we're breaking the stigma of substance use disorder, more people are coming out, a lot of people suffer from it. Um, it's just really important to, to stick with a treatment because you might relapse a few times um, and that's really part of the process. So sometimes people get discouraged. So it's really important to, if you go to detox or you go inpatient, once you get out, uh, there should really be some support in place um, and an aftercare plan. And in North Star, you're inpatient and outpatient or just strictly outpatient? So we're strictly outpatient. Yeah. So we work with a lot of um, um, community partners that mm -hmm. provide inpatient services is, and the goal is for when people discharge and get back home we're there to help them uh, sustain long-term recovery um, and so we provide day programming we also provide evenings so um, the goal is to you know if people are 
taking time to focus on their recovery, we're there for that full time. But then as they integrate back into regular life, we can be there to support them too. Because if you're coming out of inpatient treatment, it's really nice to be inpatient and away from the world. And that's when, you know, the good work happens. But inevitably, you're going to come back home and real life triggers are going to be there. And um, we're there to kind of help you build the toolbox to deal with that stuff and prevent relapse. Because yeah, this is a process, obviously. You don't just get out of the, your, your inpatient care and just everything is done. There is obviously the follow-up Absolutely. that requires for, for prolonged um, treatment. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so important. Um, and you have two facilities, one in West Springfield and one in Southboro, which is about an hour away? Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So Central Western Mass. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, and Haley, what do you do? What is your role? So I am the, yeah. the clinical director for both facilities, and I'm also, I oversee, I'm the program director of West Springfield. Okay. Um, so we have 10 clinicians between both locations. So I, um, you know, case conceptualize with them, with, with all the clients that we have with yeah. both locations. And, you know, we kind of decide what's going to be best for each client. Everything's very individualized. Very personalized, yeah. And so, and we... You know, we just walk with them through their journey. How long have you been in this field? So I've grown up in and around the field my, my whole life. My, my grandfather actually got sober the day I was born. So Wow. So I've been in AA meetings as long as I can remember. Yeah. Um, and then I really got into this field professionally, you know, aside from, like, helping him with evals and visiting treatment centers, but um, in 2020. And then... I moved to Mass um, about a year ago. From where? From Florida. Wow. Who would ever think of doing that? <laughs> <laughs> it's very cold here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, and so I happened to find North Star, and it's really, it's really worked out. Everybody really cares. Um, I think that's what really sets us apart is every single person that works there genuinely cares for the clients and, and most of our staff is actually in recovery themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's something that's really- They certainly, well. one, can relate and, and can understand what's happening. And I think the your um, clientele, I guess, certainly can <clears throat> relate to that, that, okay, these, they understand. Right. And I stopped by there a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and I just walked in on an appointment. Everyone was so nice. They're really great people you got. The few I met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great staff. Yeah. There. Everybody's super warm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very nice. Welcoming. Yeah. And happy to be there. Yeah. Which is yeah. really nice. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. That makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, since you can remember, um, you've been exposed to this. Yeah. Yeah, forever. Yeah. Um, it's your destiny. <laughs> <laughs> when I got into the field, I was yeah. like, you know, I think I've just been around addiction and substance abuse for, for too long. So I'm not, I'm, I'm going to work with children and families instead. And okay. I just happened to keep like falling into substance abuse type positions. And I was like, well, let me just latch onto this and mm -hmm. I'll just run with it. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of what's happened and it's taken on a life of its own. Yeah. And, and Kaylee, you've been into this for um, five years now. Yeah. And uh, what, what, brought you and is this something that you've always wanted to do or did you end up in this field by um by some other reason how did you find yourself into this field it, well it's so funny because when I was growing up I would always tell people like I want to be a social worker I want to be a social worker and then um you know like I I 
I got I took advice from a certain person. I ended up in business school, um, which was great. And then I was in the business field for a while. And then, um, like most of us, we have, you know, I have personally people in my life, people very close to me, Mm -hmm. um, personal experience um, um, with addiction and recovery. And um, it was just kind of like a perfect alignment. I had been in, um, my husband and I found ourselves in Portland, Maine, which has like a very, very strong um, recovery community. So there's not a ton of like actual treatment out there. But what happens is when people get sober, they go to Portland, Maine after. There's a lot of sober houses. The meet the the meetings are very good out there, um, and we we happened to be there. And I found a job. Um, it was kind of like a business development role within a. Um, substance substance uh, use disorder company yeah. and so I was like this is actually pretty perfect um, and I could relate to you know some stuff I brought some experience in that realm and <laughs> ever since then I mean it, it just it was like fate it was just kind of like a mixture too of the best you know best of two worlds and so that's kind of how I ended up here mm-hmm. yeah yep. yep and that that is common right mm-hmm. when you have a family or friends or people you're close to involved with that i don't know if that's mine i'm sorry that was mine again um but that's that's common in fact even in my family uh we've got addiction alcoholism and what i've learned is it's hard to find a family who has not been affected by this so really no matter where you look no matter where you reach you'll find it you Mm -hmm. know and i think you said something earlier about people becoming more willing to talk about it because the stigma that obviously still exists is starting to relent a little bit do you feel that way too yeah. I, I think so I think more and more people are, are willing to to seek help and, and yeah. ask for yeah for treatment because I mean addiction in and of itself is trauma yes and so they are just people talk more about trauma and so I think the more it's widespread and okay to talk about addiction is kind of becoming the same yeah and I think in many cases and you can certainly say more than what I know, but um, in many, many times, the majority of times, the addiction stems from trauma, right? Um, would you find that that's the case the majority of time? Yeah. I, so what happens is is it's it's cyclical because people experience trauma and then they feel pain and then they use to numb the pain and then they start to experience addiction-related trauma and so it becomes like layers upon layers upon layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, they really need help to, to get through all of those layers. Yeah, it's not easily done. Right. It might be easily said, but it's not easily right. done. Right. It just right. takes a long time to do that. And speaking of trauma, too, because I know we said earlier that you, um, you have a master's degree in social work um, so you, and with your family experience. Um, you've got some in-depth experience here to, to draw from, but also you are EMDR certified. So, um, and this goes right from the great segue into from the trauma into the EMDR. And again, the EMDR is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. Right. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit about that is and how that relates to, to trauma and how that type of therapy helps people through trauma? So what happens is when we experience trauma, mm-hmm. um, I kind of describe it. So like when we sleep, our, in REM sleep, we have like a, a brain librarian that comes out and kind of puts all of our memories in order as if they're books. And so 
our memories, we get ready for the next day, we do, we do all these, all the things in, in our brain when we sleep during REM sleep. But when we have trauma, it's like an exploded book in your, your brain library and really can't figure out where to put it. And so we can become stuck. And so depending on what the trauma is, sometimes we, we develop these negative thoughts about ourselves, like I'm unsafe or I'm not good enough. So with that, not to interrupt you, but you, you made me think of something. So if something is stuck there, often a memory, a trauma can be altered or amplified. Right. And then it, it's not true because it's believed to be true, but in a larger sense right. or amplified into a greater event than it really was. Is that true to, or to some degree? So yeah. uh, because they can be put in the wrong place because you know your your brain librarian so to speak doesn't know where to put it yeah um you can become hyper vigilant in situations that it really doesn't make sense or um things that are not necessarily related can can trigger that other trauma mm -hmm. and so like you said it can you can become amplified in situations that wouldn't necessarily cause an amplification it can be like an incongruent response to to small situations Okay. Now you talked about REM sleep. REM right. stands for rapid eye movement. Right. Right. So, which you're not aware of, obviously, mm -hmm. when you're sleeping. Um, and then because the EMDR is the first eye movement. Now, how does REM and EMDR relate? And with that, how, how does that process tie into each other? How, how does it work? So uh, with, with EMDR, I mean, it started out with like you said, the, the rapid eye movement. So mm -hmm. it kind of emulates REM sleep in that. Um, and so it gets both sides of your brain online. So we have our, our logical side, and then we have our emotional side. And so because it engages both sides of your brain, mm -hmm. it allows you to fully process memories, um, traumatic memories. And so, but it doesn't necessarily require rapid eye movements because you can also use different types of um, bilateral stimulus so like I personally use tappers so like it'll buzz in both sides of your hand um, as long as it goes across the midline mm -hmm. you're able to engage both sides of the brain and process. And I was reading too sometimes it's following something with your eyes mm -hmm. and which again somewhat mimics the REM right mm -hmm. and triggers to stimulate both sides of your brain uh, and with that it it, I don't say alters, but it's reprocesses, right? Right. That that memory, that trauma. Um, and when you're doing that, I guess my first thing question would be, well, what if a memory, a trauma, is buried? And often I think there's people who just don't have any real memory of a trauma because it's buried. It's sealed up, so to speak. Right. And this triggers it and brings it back out. Is that a undesirable effect of this treatment? So I think sometimes our brains, you know, they repress things that we're not ready to, to process yeah. or, you know, it's not uncommon during EMDR if, if new memories come up. Mm -hmm. um, but typically like our brains are so fascinating because my intent is never to try and bring up memories that our brains have repressed because if our brains have repressed it, then there's a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so that's that's never the intent, but but sometimes it does come up, and then we, we just process as we go. We continue um, on that target sequence plan, is what it's called. Um, and so, it's not uncommon though, because 
most things are going to trigger that specific negative thought about ourselves because it's almost like we're running in circles and we become stuck. So until we can get a more adaptive or healthier thought online, we're going to continue to fall into the negative thought. So it's with the reprocessing, you also, it's like, how would you rather feel? As opposed to I'm unsafe, you know, I survived. How is this different from, well, two things. One, how is it different from normal therapy? And how is it different from hypnosis? So with hypnosis, it does not put you in any kind of state of, of hypnosis. You know, you're fully... See, fully I think hypnosis is more of a guided relaxation, right? Right. And so this, but you're also put in a relaxed state so you can actually feel comfortable. But you're not going that deep. Right. As, as hypnosis. Right. Okay. You're, you're fully fully uh, in control of your, your faculties. Um. Okay. Right. And, and why I mention this is, too, because if somebody was a little skeptical of this right. treatment, because I'm sure there is some skepticism, is there a reason for anybody to be afraid? Say, oh, I don't want to go under that, that kind of treatment. Is You're never in that state like you are in hypnosis. And um, so what is there to be afraid of if somebody's about or, or thinking about this type of therapy? So with the reprocessing, I mean, it takes a while before you actually get to that phase of EMDR because a person has to be, they've got to be pretty stabilized mm -hmm. and able to emotionally regulate mm -hmm. because the last thing that I would want is somebody to walk out of the office and become, you know, flooded with emotions right. yeah. without the, the ability to, to contain those emotions outside. So we do um, a lot of grounding type work to lay the foundation so that, a, you know, we can contain it we actually yeah. I mean it's it's called the container okay. you know but there's a lot of a lot of different um, grounding things that that go into it before we ever get to the reprocessing mm -hmm. and it's different from a lot of that seems like it might take place during normal therapy right it could, but yes. what makes the EMDR a little different then and what techniques do you use to make it different than normal therapy it's not it's not really talk therapy at yeah. all okay you know after we after we identify you know, what we want to focus on, what negative thought, you know, then we do, they're called sets, different sets of, you know, eye movements or other types of bilateral stimulation. Um, and so like the pulser, so it'll go, you know, back and forth for a while and then we'll do the set and, you know, I'll say, um, what do you notice? Yeah. And then they tell me what they notice and say, okay, well, let's, let's go with that. Let's keep processing. And so then we'll kind of do a debrief at the end of session, but it's it's not a traditional talk therapy okay. at all. Okay, and and you're looking at a couple of things: their their thought process, their emotions, their what do they feel physically? Right. Where, where do you feel it in your body? Yeah. Like okay. where's your body holding on to that trauma? Okay, and you're finding this pretty effective, though. Definitely. Yeah, and is this new? It's actually not. So. Mm -hmm. um, I want to say it's been, I'm sure it's been around a lot longer than the 80s, but it really started to like take off yeah. probably in the 80s. Um, I say take off, it's just now probably becoming more mainstream. Um, but I know in this area specifically, I don't think that there's very many um, EMDR therapists around here. And if somebody wanted to find out more about this, could they call you? They can, they can okay. definitely yeah. talk. <laughs> um, also, so the EMDRIA website, E-M-D-R-I-A, is the like the governing body for EMDR certified therapists. Where okay. You, can, you know, people that have gone through the, the specific trainings and um, 
and there's a lot of information on that website too. What, uh, what kind of conditions or problems can, can EMDR help with? Oh, a lot. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I think initially it started off with, with trauma, but you know, there's phobias, um, addictions, there's very specific protocols for addictions and even um, decreasing cravings and urges. Mm -hmm. um, depression? It can help with depression, like because there's negative thoughts associated with, with depression. So if there's any kind of, you know, negative thoughts that a person has, EMDR can, can help target those. And a typical, not to dive into the weeds here, but I think I'm trying to get a sense of this too. One, how long would a typical session last and how long would the duration be of a treatment um, over time? Oh, so EMDR, it's very fast. Um, so a session is like a normal hour session. I know that there's some people that do um, much longer sessions, mm -hmm. but typically I've always done it in my normal 60 minute sessions. Yeah. Um, and, but I've seen a person process really big traumas in, in one session. Some people take, take more if there's some, you know, guilt and shame kind of complicating the processing. Um, but it's just, again, it's very individualized to mm -hmm. the, to the person. And so it can um, be as little as one treatment. Um, but m more likely you want to follow through to, to make sure that, um, it's having the effect, the intended effect. Right. When, yeah. And the, the processing part of it can be as little as one, one treatment, but because there's the groundwork that's laid, you know, there's going to be several sessions leading okay. up to the processing okay. of that. And, um, and what can people expect if they go through this treatment? What, what is their expected result or outcome? Well, especially after the first processing, yeah. processing yeah, yeah, session, yeah. they can probably expect to be exhausted okay. because it can be emotionally <laughs> draining. Um, I mean, but I always tell people you can continue to process for 24 hours afterwards. So you may have dreams. You may like, these are, these are some things that can happen, which is why the, you know, the resourcing in advance is so helpful. Mm -hmm. um, but people notice like very fast progression once we get into the processing of it. Okay. Okay. That's, it's so interesting. Very interesting stuff there. And now you guys, you guys, I say that plural, but how many people um, do the EMDR treatments besides yourself? So we uh, actually, um, we have another clinician in Southboro that uh, she's trained in it. And so she's, she started doing it now as well. Um, and so more and more, we're hoping to get additional clinicians trained. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I think I'm most excited about, so I recently took a training, um, it's group EMDR. Um, and typically it would be, you know, they were using it for a group of people that had experienced the same trauma. Um, so you may have to stop me if I, if I get too much into, I'm no, gonna, no, this, gonna yeah. nerd out here for a second. Go ahead, <laughs> we're all ears, yeah, yeah. Um, uh. But they just released a book on different, um, group protocols and how you can almost create protocols for specific things because there's very little research in group EMDR in the addiction field. And so I know it's something that, that I've been talking about for a while is like really wanting to incorporate, like how can we like address multiple people at once and whether it's decreasing cravings and urges or just, um, Mm -hmm. the guilt and shame that they feel associated mm -hmm. with their, their addictions or, um, you know, there's, 
so there's so many so many avenues to go down in the you know we have such a strong foundation because EMDR has so much empirical data and again it's it's not new but it's relatively new to the community because right. a lot of people don't know enough about it. But if it can be done in groups and you can find that's effective, I'm going to ask what's going to seem like a dumb question because this involves a licensed, certified therapist to do this with. You cannot just do this at home right. by yourself. Right. It's not like here's a CD, listen to this, and you're good. Right. It doesn't work that way. No. Okay, so there's more to it. <laughs> and I, I think that um, so if somebody wanted to, one, find out about it and you would, try to say you know look at um there may be some uh and there, there may be anxiety about any type of therapy right if you're going to about to start therapy it's a little it triggers some anxiety there right. no matter what you're doing whether it's hypnosis normal therapy or emdr but what can you tell people about relieving the you know the the anxious feeling about starting a therapy such as this and how can you relieve that type of skepticism or any related controversy that they might have heard about? So, I mean, I just think that in any kind of treatment, mm -hmm. there's a really an egalitarian relationship between the clinician and the client. So we're, you know, we're equals. And at the end of the day, as a client, you're steering the ship. So if it's, if you're feeling uncomfortable or you're not, you don't want to do something, then th that's, that's their choice. Like mm -hmm. they get to decide if they're ready to process, if they're not, if, you know, the speed at which they want to process, if they want to really ease into it. Um, so that's something that, that they get to do. Mm -hmm. Like they get to control if, when, and how. Mm -hmm. Like I, I would just encourage everybody to know that they have a say in their, their clinical treatment. Mm -hmm. And I just want to note too, so like as we talk about integrating EMDR into, you know, a group setting, um, <clears throat> just wanted to note that this would be done in small groups for people that are stable in the right place. You know, like what, what makes North Star unique, I think, is that like Haley does have clients and we have a couple in Southboro that we offer EMDR to. Um, it's not like everybody gets EMDR. Mm -hmm. You know, she has a few, and it's and they've been with us for a while. They've gotten to a certain point where in, they're in the right place to do it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously being able to offer that um, in a substance use treatment center is very unique because like we were just saying, um, a lot of those issues stem from trauma. Um, so we feel really grateful to have Haley be able to do that. But as far as the group stuff goes, um, it's not like we're just going to go into one of our groups for the day with the whole census and run an EMDR session. Um, she's going to be handpicking people that are um, in the right state, and it'll be a smaller group, and that's how it will go. So, And I think, obviously, relieving that trauma goes a long way towards getting someone out of addiction. Right. Right, and you're finding that's really is is really effective towards that goal right yeah but if somebody I mean it would be just like if somebody went to the hospital and they were they had a blood infection but they were actively bleeding mm -hmm. you know you have to control the bleeding before you can treat the infection so mm -hmm. you have to control the addiction before mm -hmm. you can gotcha. treat the underlying right. causes right otherwise it's a mess right it's a process it's because a, yeah. when somebody's active in their addiction they, they become emotionally you know stunted so they're stuck Mm -hmm. Right there, so you can't really process heavy things when people are active in their addictions. True, right. You've got a lot to overcome right. first. Right, but yeah. and there are protocols that, that decrease cravings and urges and not necessarily target, you know, the 
the, it's the trauma. It's the trauma. more of the triggers mm -hmm. of it. So, which is, I don't want to say an EMDR light version, but it's but it's different. It's mm -hmm. just a, a different target. Okay. Um, well, you guys, back to North Star, <laughs> where you do all of this. I um, mean, you do it in West Springfield and in Southboro. Yes. And I, I know, Kaylee, you, you just we, we met a month or so ago, whatever, and and um, and. Uh, I learned a lot about North Star when I told you when I stopped in, but you've only been open for in West Springfield for how long now? We opened at the end of May. The May. Yeah, so the May. six months. Six yeah. months. That's it. You've done a lot in six months. Yeah. You got a, a full staff. Yes. And um, so if somebody wanted to reach North Star, um, there's a website and a phone number. You guys want to talk about that? Yes. Yeah. So um, if any, uh, we take self-referrals. So if anybody's interested in the program, anybody can call and you don't have to be referred from um, a clinician or a PCP or a treatment center. So um, you can call our main line for that. That's 888-311-0911. Um, we also have a website. It's www.northstar.com. Sorry, www.northstarrecoverycenter.com. That's mm -hmm. a long one. Yep. Um, and we have an online form you can fill out too. And um, yeah, just also too, one thing I wanted to add is that um, as far as like if you become a client at Northstar, what what is included? So it is um, a mix of group and individual sessions. So um, you're going to get a full day or a half day if you decide whatever level of care you're choosing to of group sessions, um, mm -hmm. which is great. We have a great group of people there right now. Um, and then you'll also get assigned an individual therapist that you get to meet with. We also have um, a provider, a nurse practitioner on staff that everybody meets with. Um, so we offer, um, it's not for everybody and by no means like is this our um, this is what we do, but it's available to everybody. We are uh, we meet everybody where they're at. So we do offer MAT in-house medicated um, assistant assisted okay, therapy, yeah. medication yeah. assisted therapy. Mm -hmm. So um, we can provide that for people as well. Is that like methadone or? So what? we actually don't um, provide methadone, but mm -hmm. we do um, Suboxone, Vivitrol. Uh, Sublocade, uh, all of those ones. Yep. If you are on methadone, though, you're uh, more than welcome to participate in our program. Okay, but that's we just good don't. To know. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. And you obviously, if somebody were to call you first, and you know, you once you as make that assessment, you'll either, you know, bring bring them in, or you work with several organizations throughout the community. You can refer out to what's most appropriate, whether it's detox or wherever, right? right. You work closely with a lot of groups here. Mm -hmm. and, and we also, not only do we offer our in-person, but we also offer a virtual component as well as a, a hybrid mm -hmm. component um, in addition to the evening programming because we recognize that life can be busy. Yeah. And so, um, like Kayla said, meeting people where we're at and being able to be flexible and, um, and, and work with people in different capacities. Wow. Well, that's great. You guys have a great, great program there. And I learned a lot today. Yay. As that's always. Awesome. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, you could dive into the brain and you can get into great detail. And, you know, it's a, a little overwhelming. But um, um, we may have you back to talk about those things in detail, <laughs> okay. too. Once we can absorb all the things <laughs> you, say, you already said. Okay. Um, but it's great having you both, Kayla and Haley. It's, it's nice having you. And I'm really happy that you're six months in and you guys are going strong and you got a great program there. And so yeah. thanks Thank for coming. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. 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 North Star is like they take a different approach. And so that's been one thing that's really cool. Yeah. Um, 
and just supportive of all the different creative approaches to treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. So North Star Recovery. Thank you both for coming, and thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.